0: Lord
1: we do thank you so much God. We say hallelujah. Thousand hallelujahs to you God for you are our God, you are our Lord. Thank you for all that you do in our lives and thank you for this evening God bringing us here to to worship you, to come before you, to bow at your feet. And God, I ask that now as we open your word that you would bless it, Lord. That your spirit would anoint it and may you speak to our hearts. May you change us and help us tonight, God. So we lift up this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome you guys to Upcountry Calvary Chapel. If you can grab your Bibles and open them up to Acts chapter 14. Acts 14, we're going to continue our study here through the book of of acts and we made it to chapter 14 you know there's 28 chapters in this book and we're we're in this halfway point so it's been great exciting and even today i know in our section the lord has a lot to speak to us about uh before we get into word just a quick note this saturday is our church work day if you want to come and help out what time was that 9 30 10 30 9 30 9.30, okay. And then uh, 4 o'clock prayer meeting at our house, and then once again Sunday we'll be back. Uh, I'm going to finish up our series on the why questions, yeah. And then we'll get back to our study in Second Peter. I know we've been on a break a little bit, but it was great to have uh, uh, my friend Pastor Ron Bra from uh, Calvary Hilo sharing, and I hope you guys caught that. Uh, I thought that was uh, a very good and appropriate, especially in the series we're in and the times we live in, too. So, And continue to pray for our outreach in uh, Lahaina. God's opening up some things and going to confirm it tomorrow. But um, praise the Lord, He has um, some great plans for us to help the people there, and especially the Keiki. So. Anyway... Uh, we'll get into the word. I, I did pray already. So Acts chapter 14. Now today, we're going to continue on and look at only verses 1 through 7 tonight. Acts 14, 1 through 7. And the title of the message tonight is Boldness in the Battle. Boldness in the Battle. A number of years ago, a diver in Australia was swallowed head first by a great white shark. Literally, he says, being eaten alive. But to tell you, he survived. He was diving for abalone when suddenly he was attacked by this 10-foot shark. Eric Nurhus was attacked in his upper torso and clamped down, spending, he says, about two minutes inside the shark's mouth. Unbelievable. Thankfully, Nurhaus was protected by Uh, "'from the razor-sharp teeth by a lead-lined vest "'he wore to weigh him down so he could go diving. Uh, "'When he was first caught in the mouth of the shark, "'he felt his way, it says, to the shark's eye socket "'and poked it with his two fingers. "'The shark reacted by opening its mouth, "'but before he could wriggle out, "'it clamped down again, "'crushing his goggles into his nose.'" And uh, the, the goggles fell off into the shark's mouth. Well, with half his body, can you imagine that, in the shark's mouth, Nurhaus, uh, his head was in the throat of the shark. He then took the chisel, it still happened to be in his hand, that he used to pry abalone from rocks, and jabbed it into the shark's head. And it was then the shark let go. Nurhaus scrambled to the safety of the boat with the help of his son, Uh, He ended up in the hospital with severe cuts to his head, arm, bite marks all around, and a broken nose. But he survived. I think that's an amazing story. Crazy story. I mean... I would think is so bold that he would even try with his fingers, you know, poke the eye or take the chisel and 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 battle the shark there. I mean, he's in the mouth of the shark. Uh, uh, me, I probably would have just froze and probably would have gotten eaten and died right then. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, just his reaction. I'm thinking, I'm just ah, you know, kind of thing, right? Well, tonight. Paul and Barnabas bring Jesus to the town or the city of Iconium. But they end up in a battle with the Jews and Gentiles of that city. But you know what? They don't back down. And I was thinking, just like this guy battled the shark, Paul and Barnabas, they don't back down at all. They stay bold. So I titled our message, Boldness in the Battle. Boldness in the Battle. Again, Acts chapter 14 from verse 1 through 7. Now in each of our sections, we're going to take this in four sections here, our passage. Uh, I, there's two things that I want you to see and that's what we're going to find. So thus our outline. The first thing, number one, is the presentation and preaching. Number two, the poison and purpose. And number three, the perseverance and power. And one more, number four, the persecution and plan. So that's what we're going to be seeing in each of the sections. So boldness in the battle, we're going to see them really not backing down our title. But we begin here, number one, the presentation and preaching. The presentation and preaching. And this we're going to cover verse one in our passage. But... We're going to focus in on verse 1, but you know what? I want to read the whole passage together just so you kind of get a, a gist of what's going on. So take a look with me here. Acts chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Now, at I- Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra, Derby, cities of like like uh, Onia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. All right, back to verse 1 now. We're going to take a look at that. The presentation, presentation and preaching. Now, in verse 1, we see Luke continuing this account of Paul and Barnabas. And remember, we started back in chapter 13, didn't we? And they're on their first missionary journey, or what's known as Paul's first mission missionary journey he's going to do three all together in the book of Acts and so here they're on this journey and and I want you to see the map we're going to put a map up there remember they started out uh they from Antioch the church in Antioch there on to your right and they made their way to the port at Seleucia and took a boat and sailed over to S- And that's on the island of Cyprus. Remember, Barnabas was originally from there. So there, then they preached, they, they shared, they made their way across the island, and they went to Paphos. Remember, that was the capital of Cyprus. And from there, they took a boat up to Perga. And then in Perga, they ended up going 100 miles north to Pisidian Antioch. And that was another Antioch, but different from the one from where they first started from. Well, in Antioch, they ran into trouble if you remember the the unbelieving Jews and Gentiles and um, people of the city drove them out right and so they ended up we saw last time in Iconium, and this is where we are now in uh, acts chapter thirteen fifty one we saw they came to Iconium so this is basically the like their third major stop you know that we have account of what they're doing now they come into Iconium uh, Luke says now at I- Iconium verse one, they enter together into the Jewish synagogue and remember I mentioned last time or maybe it was a couple times ago how that this was their mode of operation right they'd enter a town, find the Jewish synagogue uh, of course um, Paul is a established rabbi pharisee and he's the visiting you know uh, dignitary in religious circles and so they ask him to speak and many times that's what they do in the sabbath synagogue services so that was their plan they come into town find a synagogue and they are able to share jesus to the people there now of course um that we're going to read, and we've been reading that there's not only the Jews in the synagogue, but Gentile converts, proselytites, who have given their life, so to speak, or have uh, uh, committed to follow Judaism. And so they're there, uh, uh, maybe on the outskirts of the synagogue, but they're there too at the meeting. And so this was, as we saw in the past, an open door for Paul to be able to share Jesus. So that's what's happening. Same thing here in Iconium. And they entered, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And then it says, and spoke in such a way a great number now of both Jews and the Gentiles. What? Believed. They 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 embraced the gospel. They believed and heard what Paul is saying. Most likely Uh, talking in the synagogue, right? Paul, and we're going to see some of his sermons too, that he would show how Jesus is the Messiah from Old Testament passages. And and as we saw in uh, the last chapter, how he rehearsed the history of the Jewish nation and led into the Messiah. So here's Paul witnessing and sharing Jesus Christ, and he's the Messiah. And so we see a great number believe that they were saved in Christ, both now. Jew and Gentiles who were there. And so we see the preaching here. The preaching of Jesus. So that's part of what I want you to see and part of our outline, the preaching part. So they're preaching Jesus. But notice something here in verse 1. And, and this is what I kind of want to highlight and focus in on. It says here in the middle of the verse, after they entered the Jewish synagogue, Luke writes and spoke in such a way. I like that. In a way that many believe, both Jews and Gentiles. They spoke in such a way. In other words, their preaching now was done in a certain way that affected the people there, the Jews and Gentiles there, to the point where they believed in Christ. So they spoke in that way that people were affected by the truth of the word, or the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Well, what is that? What does it mean they spoke in such a way? Well, I really like what the New Living Translation, it renders it this way. They preach with such power. And we understand that, right? It goes along with what we've been seeing throughout the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is really about the Holy Spirit working in the lives of the believers, bringing Christ to the world. So this is the presentation so to speak of Jesus that it was done in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit and so the effect of what happened of Jews and Gentiles believing it was because of the Holy Spirit It's because of the Holy Spirit anointed Paul's words as he preached the Holy Spirit gave power to the scriptures he was giving and to the logic behind it and to bringing people's hearts to see that Jesus is the Messiah. And that's really real preaching. So the presentation by the power of the Spirit, it came out in the preaching of Paul. Paul Helm, a theologian, uh, said this, Christian preaching is the preaching of God's grace in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I like that because you know, as Paul goes into these synagogues, I mean, we have to understand, and and we talked a little bit about that when we went over his sermon. But you remember, as he was bringing the the Jews and the Gentiles through the Old Testament, sharing Christ, right? He was bringing them into how Christ died and atoned for their sins and that they could have forgiveness. And with that, there was no need anymore to follow the law, to try and get acceptance by God through the law, or to, to uh, follow certain rules and things, and then I'll be saved. No, it was done by the work of Christ on the cross. And so that's the grace of God, isn't it? That we're saved, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're saved, right? by faith uh, or by grace through faith right in the work of christ and so i love this quote because christian preaching is the preaching of god's grace in christ and this is what paul's bringing how refreshing it must have been to the ears you know of those uh, who are listening to the jews maybe trying to toe the line or go, is god really pleased or what Christ atoned for my sins. Whoa, Christ loves me. God loves me. Oh, He made this way. And then the power of the Spirit on top of that, you can see how so many believe. See, the gospel and the, or the Word of God here was presented in the Spirit. And I believe as Paul shared and the Holy Spirit anointed it, you know what? God's heart was coming out. God's message was coming out. It flowed through Paul. So what we see here is the presentation and preaching of Jesus flowed with the move of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's important for us to kind of stop and think about. I mean, maybe you're not a, a Bible teacher or preacher or, you know, and you think, well, yeah, that's cool for Paul. But you know what? We all have opportunity to share Christ with someone. And we should be, right? That's our mission. I've been harping on that. Uh, You know, I've been talking about that. You know, where's who are we? What's our mission? Why are we still on this earth? Because we have the great, you know, commission, the mission to share Christ. So I think we need to think about how is our presentation? You know, is it in the Holy Spirit? How is our preaching about Jesus? Does it flow and move with the Holy Spirit? Sometimes I think we can quench. The Spirit, so to speak. I mean, sometimes I hear some people like, well, you you got to believe. What's wrong with you? Can't you see? You know, and and kind of coming down on people because they don't see and they don't get it. And sometimes we're like that because we get it, right? But if the other person doesn't get it or whatever that thing is, right? And we can do it with the gospel. What is wrong with you? "Ah," You know, wake up. You know, open your eyes. You know, open your ears kind of thing. But is that really... Flowing with the Spirit—is that really the Spirit? I remember when I was a teenager, and I came to the Lord. Um, I remember um, go, uh, I would always go down to the beach, and, and I remember there's there's a guy um, passing out these little tiny Bibles. It was part of you know the Scriptures, but it was a little tiny Bible, and he was, he was trying to to witness. And I, I remember him like like I first saw him, he'd be walking between people on the beach and saying turn or burn serious turn or burn you know kind of thing go yeah you might get sunburned but uh uh, but then later he was at the entrance of the beach and and i overheard him he was talking one-on-one to someone and and it was pretty harsh it was pretty harsh you know and then forcing him like you you need to pray and receive christ right now and, you know, the person, of kid's like, oh, okay, okay, you know, and they prayed. But, you know, it, all this maybe made me think about how is our presentation, you know? Is it really the Holy Spirit flowing through us, or is it us, you know? Is, is, is it we're forcing an issue, or we're putting ourselves there, and we're thinking, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you know, you're going to hell if you don't know, do this, you know, kind of thing. I mean i'm not saying yes there's times for saying that or or being serious about the issue and i'm not saying back off on the truth but the way you approach your presentation is it the holy spirit speaking or is it you is it is there grace there is there grace and and that's i think was key here too that that they spoke in such a way through the power of the Spirit and the message of God, that God loves and God was reaching out, that Christ did the atoning work, that you can be forgiven totally. No need to sacrifice anymore. No need that because Christ is that sacrifice. I can imagine Paul just pleading with them and God's heart coming out and God's love coming out mixed with the truth of the Scriptures of who Christ is. How is it for us? What's our presentation and preaching? In Colossians 4, 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, that so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I love that. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and we're, ta- we're talking about today and Acts about Paul preaching. So I'm sure that stuff was coming out of him when he was preaching in the synagogue. So... We understand, yeah, there's a time we're serious. There's a time we've we got to say the truth, and, but there's a way to say that, right? Speaking the truth in love, Paul wrote about in Ephesians. Uh, we know God is holy and righteous, but God is also gracious. God is also love. And so let's remember God's heart. His heart is to exhort, yes, but it's also to bring a person to the cross. So he can find or she can find salvation, atonement for their sins, forgiveness. So they can be saved, right? And that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, that's what's powerful. That's what's powerful. So the presentation and preaching of Jesus flowed with the move of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to number two now. Number two is the poison and purpose. The poison and purpose. Two things we're going to see here. And this is verse 2. Acts 14 verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. The brothers are Paul and Barnabas here. Now, the Jews, it says here, but the unbelieving Jews. Did you know the, the root word here, unbelieving, is actually disobedient? And I, if you don't believe in what God is presenting to you, then you're being disobedient to the call of God, really. So the unbelieving Jews, they stirred up the Gentiles. Perhaps like in in the city before, right, in a, the city in Antioch, the Jews were jealous that so many people were coming. Gentiles, the whole city came out, remember, and they didn't like that. Perhaps they didn't like these guys. Didn't like it either, and they weren't believing what Paul was saying was so true. They were sticking to their Judaism. They were sticking to uh, their their way, their traditions, and their way of life. They didn't want anything uh, messing it up. So what did they do? They they didn't like what Paul and Barnabas were doing in their preaching. So they stirred up. Yeah, they inflamed. The Gentiles, they they got the Gentiles in Iconium to go against Paul and Barnabas. And how did they do that? They poisoned the people's minds. How do you think they did that? Well, most likely they came in and uh, discredited them. Yeah, uh, put down their character. They probably gossiped. and, And of course, today we live in a day a lot of misinformation. That goes out, and so I'm sure there's a lot of that that we, you know, we term it misinformation going on. So they they poison the minds. They put something out, you know, about Paul and Barnabas that would sow into their minds and hearts and turn them against, uh, turn the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. Now this, what they did was really a slow poisoning. It was, it was sowing seeds of this distress and bitterness. And, and I say that because you could take a peek in verse 3. As, as uh, Paul and Barnabas, they remained for a long time. Um, and so they were there a long time until uh, when they, verse 5, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with the rulers to mistreat them and stone them. So this built up to this time of when, in the end, we're going to see that they went after Paul and Barnabas. So this was a poisoning going on here. And as it is today, as we see, uh, just sowing seeds of discord, discrediting uh, a person's character, what they're saying, spreading gossip, misinformation, all that, they were like feeding that to the minds of the people. And so we see the poison. That's that poison. Well, what's the purpose? Well, we read here in verse 2, they poisoned their minds against the brothers so that the people would turn against Paul and Barnabas. You know, I was thinking about this, that isn't that the same tactic that was used on Jesus? If you think about it, remember the religious leaders in our studies in the Gospels, right? It was the same tactic, these religious leaders. They, they put out, they used the same scenario, right? They put out this false story about Jesus. They, they said things about him, um, false witnesses, everything to get Pilate, try and get convinced Pilate. Remember the people were yelling, crucify and crucify him. They, they, they poisoned their minds too. It's the same thing. That the religious Jewish leaders this did back with Jesus. I mean, this is the tactic of Satan, you guys. This is what he does. This is how he ruins relationships. This is how he divides churches. This is what he did, right? Even towards God and Adam and with Adam and Eve in a garden, right? Did God really say that? No. You know, he didn't mean that. He doesn't mean what he says. Oh, you know what? He's keeping you from something, right? Putting distrust in your mind for God. That's what what the serpent did. That's what Satan did. And you know what? We're going to see more of this, as we got a picture of it last time, but we're going to see more of it throughout the book of Acts. These Jews end up really twisting things and they're masters of persuasion and getting Gentiles and others to carry out their own wicked purposes. And if you think about it, these Jews, they're just pawns of the devil, aren't they? They're just, you know, puppets of the devil. The devil pulling their strings, or I should say pulling their fleshly strings. Yeah, just like with Jesus. The religious leaders we know they are into the power, the money, the position. Jesus threatened that, and it could be for these guys too, and so they they twisted things and went after Jesus. And so this is Satan's strategy, and underneath all of this is Satan is is trying to stop everything that's going on. So the poison and purpose of the Jews was to turn the people against the missionaries. That's, that's the basic thing we see here. The, the poison they use and the purpose to turn the people against the missionaries. You know what? I was thinking about this. Uh, it's interesting that researchers have found some writings from that area of Iconium. Interesting. And in that writing, there's actually a description of Paul. And that, this is where it comes from. If you've been in Bible studies before, you've probably heard this, or I've mentioned it before. Um, just understand, this is not biblical. It's more traditional in a sense. But this is what they say. He was a man small in size with meeting eyebrows. A unibrow. <laughs> a unibrow. Uh, a rather large nose, ball, bald-headed, bow-legged. And, and that's what's written about Paul. I'm thinking, whoa, what a description that, that, you know, must be. Paul, I don't know if he's embarrassed about that. But, you know, when we see him in heaven, we're not going to see this because he'll have his glorified body, right? When we get our glorified body, it'll be perfect, right? <laughs> and everything. But um, Paul's like, yeah, that's a good thing. But that's how it's described in these ancient writings from that time in Iconium. Uh, but can you imagine maybe seeing Paul here and how the Jews could take that description and kind of twist it and uh, spread some gossip about it and, you know, the devil can use those things, you know, sometimes and twist it. Well, I mean, that's what he does with us, doesn't he? That's what he does when... The enemy comes in and tries to divide, right? Uh, Trying to keep bring people against each other. He'll take one little thing, twist it out, and it makes it out into this huge thing, which is not true. I mean, it's it's in this world, in this society we live in. There's so much like conspiracy. There's so much misinformation. There's there's those who who falsely like. You know, Harold, uh, uh, these things, YouTube, you know, things, and and especially when it comes to the the church here, we see the enemy trying to divide churches from each other, from within the body, divide the body from the leadership. i um, all pulling on those strings of flesh, all puppets. Yeah, they're like this. Yeah, we 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 have a right to this. Oh, yeah, they're they're not good, and just feeding the flesh that's what it, really it is and we think oh yeah we have a righteous reason but you know how's your reaction is it fleshly we gotta watch out because perhaps what you're hearing is actually poison perhaps the little thing is starting to feed and get into you more and more and more you know I read about a lady who poisoned her husband she was I think convicted for 25 years She was putting eye drops, I didn't know it was poisonous, into his water. And he he ended up dying. Uh, She admits she did it for two days. But the family believes she's been slowly poisoning the husband for a long time. Watch out. And so it is with our enemy. So let's think of what's pure, as Paul said in chapter 4 of Philippians, right? Think of what's praiseworthy, you know. Let's purify our minds and our hearts before the Lord. All right. So we see the presentation and preaching. Number two, the poison and purpose. Well, now we come to number three, the perseverance and power. The perseverance and power. We come to verse three. It says, so they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Okay, so though the Jews were slowly poisoning the minds, coming against Paul and Barnabas, though, though they were coming in that way, and, and I have to say, I wonder if that was discouraging, I, you know, I'm thinking. Gosh, I get discouraged when I, when things like that happen, and I wonder if it's like maybe that's part of the strategy too of the devil—not just to divide and bring down the body or or people and keep them away from Jesus, but but it also discour—it's discouraging to to the servants too, right? And that can poison you too. But all this is going on. It says so they remain. Isn't that? awesome, that though the Jews were out there poisoning, they remained there. They remained. They stayed at their post, and it says for a long time. They didn't give up, no matter how hard it got, no matter what they were hearing, no matter what people were saying. They stayed there for a long time. We don't know how long. Some say maybe three months. Some say a year that they were there ministering in that city of Iconium. So though they knew this trouble was brewing, though they knew that the poison was slowly taking effect in that city, they were not going to back down. This is their perseverance, you guys. This is their perseverance. Now, Paul and Barnabas, I'm sure they understand going on this mission trip, they're they're to, to expect this. I think they understand this is going to happen. There's an enemy there. He doesn't want the gospel to be preached. And, and so far, it has not been a very smooth road, right? We know when they, when they were on Cyprus, remember they ran into that false prophet, um, Sergius Paulus. He is that mach- magician who wanted... You know, oh, I want that power. He wanted to use, of the Holy Spirit to use it on his own, and then God blinded him, right? So there was, there was stuff happening. Uh, when they were in Perga, right, uh, where they didn't do any ministry in there, I mentioned at that time, it could be some of the commentaries said that that's when Paul got sick, and when he writes about it, and I think it was in Galatians, that many believe that that was malaria he possibly got. Remember, he got sick. You know, it wasn't a smooth road, and plus that was when John Mark bailed, right? And went back to Jerusalem and left the mission in Paul Barnabas is going on. And then, as I mentioned, when they were in Pis- uh, Pisidia, Antioch, the, in our last study last week. That's when the Jews got jealous, got all the people together, got the wealthy, the government officials, and drove Paul and Barnabas out of town. So it hasn't been a very smooth road. But they kept going. They kept going. And we're going to see that they actually circle back and come back through. That's perseverance to me. That's them, you know what, I'm going to keep going. This is my call. This is what God wants me to do. I'm not going to stop even though satan is trying to stop the work no they're not going to be discouraged by this at all so we read here in their perseverance now that in verse 3 they remain for a long time and then look speaking boldly for the lord here they are they're going to keep going and this is the boldness even in this battle they keep giving the word they bore witness to the word and here it is what i mentioned the word of his grace there it is salvation in jesus the forgiveness in jesus and with that in verse three we see that god granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands god powerfully gifted paul and barnabas to perform these signs and wonders Um, i read one uh, note in this bible said signs i thought this was interesting signs is a miracle with a lesson wonders is a miracle with a sense of awe so i thought well that's interesting but they're both you know talking about miracles that that no one could do but only god can do and god did it through paul and barnabas and so God used those miracles, those signs and wonders, so that it would be a witness. They bore witness to the word of His grace by being granted these signs and wonders. That's what this verse was saying. In other words, the, the, the miracles, the signs and wonders were confirming the word that they were sharing. was confirming the truth of the scripture, the truth of Jesus Christ. Christ. So I love this. So they're persevering, right? They're going to, I'm not backing down, going to keep sharing Jesus no matter what, no matter people's minds are being poisoned and, and more people are starting to believe what these Jews are saying, the misinformation everything. They're going to keep going. And in the face of that growing opposition, Paul and Barnabas, they shared in boldness of the Holy Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit with these signs and miracles. That's what I love here. It's all all their perseverance and it's all this power and being preaching in boldness and God using them in, with powerful miracles going on. Turn over to the left to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Acts 4 uh verse 29 through 31. I I, I i tied this together I, I i like this where it says uh well what's going on as you're turning there's you know paul and i mean peter and john were in they were arrested right put in jail they're brought before the sanhedrin when we study this and um they they told them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus verse 18 but Peter and John answered in verse 19 whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God you must judge for we cannot speak of what we or we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard so they're like no we got to preach Jesus so once they were released they went to the church shared everything that happened and then the church went to prayer and so the church was praying together, and we catch up that prayer in verse 9. I mean, verse 29, excuse me. And they're praying, and they say, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all what? Boldness. God, empower us to continue to be bold. They say in verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So there's that, that that witness, that confirmation. And then verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love this. Through their prayers now, they became more bold and God powerfully empowered them even with those signs and miracles. So back to Acts 14, what we see here is the perseverance and power of the missionaries um, was, uh, or the perseverance and power of missionaries was Holy Spirit empowered. It was the Holy Spirit all along that uh, was empowering Paul and in Barnabas you know we sometimes you think oh Paul he's a great guy oh Paul I can't you know him Paul I'll never be a Paul or you know Paul he he's so schooled and you know he's so right there and so bold and everything but if you look at the guy you probably go him you know right but what was it who was it it was the Holy Spirit it was the Holy Spirit doing that work so that perseverance, how they stuck through all the opposition, it was the Holy Spirit, you guys. And if the Holy Spirit was helping them, then you know who helps us? The Holy Spirit, too. It's not so much, well, oh, Paul's this personality. That was his part of his personality or, or character. Or that's the kind of person he was. And yeah, maybe to a point. But I think, really, it was the Holy Spirit. And, and how could he share like that? It was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They kept them preaching Jesus. You know, it's interesting to me how um, long-distant runners, right, they they got a quote-unquote carb up right? Um, I, I was talking to someone where, oh, yeah, that um, they, they used to run long distances, and then like night before, they eat all this spaghetti and all the, you know, like two, three helpings of spaghetti. I'm thinking... What that seems crazy, because I would be like, I can't run. I'm just so full, right? I mean, you know, when we eat so much, I'm like, all you want to do is like lie there and your stomach's like sticking out like that. You're like, Bleh, and you feel like a blob. But they carb up to have that energy to run. And even while they're running, what they're still eating, right? Candy bars and things like this. And I was I was talking to a guy a couple months ago. Um, and uh, he actually stopped running. He goes, no, I'm just going to surf now. But I don't know, it's just killing my body. But I, made, I did my last run. He did a long run. I go, well, how did it go? He goes, not too good because I didn't carve up enough. Well, in that same way, perhaps one of the things that maybe keep us from being bold, persevering, is maybe we're not prayed up like the early church. How they prayed and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. Perhaps we need to be prayed up in our walk in what God has us doing so that we may persevere and have power to do what He wants us to do. We need to seek that, you guys. And... Maybe we'll have time tonight (laughs) to, to pray corporately. Well, that's the boldness in the battle. We've seen the presentation and preaching, the poison and purpose. Number three, the perseverance and power. Now we come to our last heading, number four, the persecution and plan. The persecution and plan. And this is the rest of the verses. It reads here, but the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, and to the surrounding country. And they were con- and they con- and there they continued to preach the gospel. Got it. So things got worse now as i was mentioning and we read earlier right uh, it, it, the city was now all getting divided not just maybe the synagogue or a little area in this town but it, it was like all over the it, the whole city was being divided and when you see division you know that satan's at work just know that he loves that division and so <clears throat> some city where they sided with the jews they got poisoned we're listening. But some were siding with the apostles. Now this is interesting because Barnabas really isn't considered an apostle. Uh, a possible, impossible, apostle, a possible, a, a apostle, apostle. <laughs> um, um, uh, but one commentator mentioned, well, here the word. I mean, apostle. Apostle means like messenger or sent out one. And so it could be just describing them in that way. But we know Paul was apostle. But either way, some sided with Paul and Barnabas and some with the Jews. Uh, so with that happening, the, it, it, the the division, the animosity, the hostility just went up really high. In verse 5, there's an attempt made by both Gentiles and Jews, the ones against Paul and Barnabas, Uh, with their rulers, probably the leaders, maybe of the synagogue and other leaders, uh, to mistreat them and stone them. Like they wanted to grab them, probably beat them, bring them, drag them out of the city. And this is what the Jews do to someone who blaspheme, right? Stone them. We're going to see next time that Paul actually gets stoned. But this city wanted to do that very thing, to stone them, to basically kill them. But Paul and Barnabas, they hear of it, they learned of it, and then they fled to Lystra, Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, and the surrounding country. So here's the persecution coming out on them. Then they got wind of it, of the persecution. This is what we see, the persecution, and they fled. And you can put up the map again, and you'll see the arrows going on from Iconium, Lystra, Lystra, Derby, uh that's all in this area of Lycaonia. All this is like Asia Minor. Um, it's not written uh, on, on the map there, but it's Galatia and um, that area of Lycaonia and all that. So they fled Iconium, but they ended up in Lystra, Derby. They went out in, in that way. Now, though they fled out into the surrounding country and they went around, they just didn't just run and hide. We end here tonight in verse 7 where Luke writes, and there they continued to preach the gospel. Even though they are chased out of town, that did not stop them from preaching and sharing Jesus. They continued. I like that in verse 7. They continued. I think that's a good word for us tonight. We need to be like that, to continue, no matter what the battle is, to keep going, to keep at it, to share Jesus, to keep Jesus there in our lives, to keep Jesus forefront, to keep Jesus our priority, because that's what Satan is trying to stop, Jesus. But no, they continued, they continued, even in the persecution. Now, I was thinking about this and about you. So at this point, when their life was threatened, they left. They got when something was going to happen. But how do you know if it's time to leave, or maybe you need to stay and God's going to do a miracle through you and be a witness, yeah? even though the whole city is going after you? I mean, will God protect you, work it out, and then you could keep preaching? Or what's the plan here? Is it, is it to move on or stay? What's the answer? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, right? He tells you, God tells you in each situation what the plan is. Should I go or should I stay? Should I keep on, you know, preaching here and, and, you know, get buffeted? Or should I just go and go on? The Holy Spirit tells you, tells you that. Though it's not written here, I believe it's the Spirit that was guiding them. I mean, these two men lived in that close, intimate communion with the Lord. And they could sense the leading of the Spirit. And we're going to see other times when the Spirit... uh, Luke records how when the Spirit spoke clearly to Paul. So sometimes God wants you to stay, see him come through. Sometimes he wants you to go to see him work on the other side of town or... The other city so here's the thing we have to maybe open our minds up to there's not no hard fast rules of conduct here well if this happens and this happens then well god's saying this you know and yes we look for confirmations and things like that but there's no hard fast rules especially in a situation you know like this we need to be hearing the spirit so the important thing was to see And here, this is the important thing, to seek and hear from the Spirit. What do you want me to do? Because God has a plan. So the persecution came, and the plan, well, they're going to go. Perhaps it was to save their life, but it's also for God to use them in these other areas. So our last uh, point really is the persecution may have come from the enemy, but God used it, In his sovereign plan to move them out. That's what we see here. You know, Proverbs 69 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. We could make plans. We could think, Well, God, we got to do this. But then, really, God established the steps in his sovereignty. If you remember in Acts 8, um, persecution broke out, remember? Uh, Everything was going good in the city of Jerusalem. There was a revival, thousands, 5,000, 8,000 people coming to the Lord. Uh, There's a thriving church, and all of a sudden, persecution broke out. The Jews were heavy on the believers, and they scattered from there. But remember, God used that. We talked about that in His sovereign plan to go from Jerusalem. And then we see next, uh, Philip in Samaria, right? And, or out into Judea and then some Samaria and out into the other most parts of the earth, and this is what's happening here. Perhaps maybe God is wanting you to step out, so to speak, into other areas. What I mean is maybe doing something you're not so comfortable with. Perhaps there is some trouble that's forcing you to do something different. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's some persecution. Maybe the Holy Spirit's, well, maybe it's time to change jobs. Maybe that's the Lord. Listen for the Holy Spirit to move you to where He wants you to be. But wherever you go, as we end here in verse 7, there they continue to preach the gospel. Continue. Persevere in that boldness, persevere for Jesus. And as you follow the Spirit, as the Spirit empowers you, you know, God will use you in great and mighty ways. I'll close with this. Um, in, the, uh, early, er, in the 1800s, early in the 1800s, although he only had an elementary school education, by the time he was in his teens, he could read the Bible in six languages. He ended up going on the mission field to Burma and India. He spent 40 years on the mission field. Uh, His printing press at Sarampore, India, provided uh, scriptures, uh, like Bibles, in 40 languages and dialects for more than 300 million people. This person This man is known as, I quote, the father of modern missions. Who is he? His name is William Carey. And you know what? He went out into the world when his own church elders told him, missions, if if God wants the heathen to be saved, he'll tell him himself. The church wasn't doing missions, but he went out on his own. He was so bold and he persevered he went to foreign countries when nobody was doing that and he persevered in that. Once he was asked to explain his accomplishments and he's like, they're like, well, how could you do all these things and accomplish so much? His answer was simple. Perseverance. Perseverance. His boldness, his perseverance, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit It's in you and I. And God wants to use us in similar ways. And so don't be defeated in the battle. But let's stand strong in Christ, in Jesus, in his might, his power, and the Holy Spirit. And we can have the boldness in battle. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your encouragement here, God that as we read the book of Acts and as we study tonight, that it is the Holy Spirit empowering Paul and Barnabas. And so we ask that you, could, you would empower us tonight, Lord. I pray, God, for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would fill us right now, God. That whatever the situations we're facing, that whatever uh, we may be even going through, Lord, that, that you are the one who will get us through these times. Lord, lead us like a shepherd does, Lord. If we're going through that valley of shadow, God, we know you will bring us through. But help us to be bold in those times to continue as these guys did, Lord. And help us tonight, God, to humble ourselves and say, Lord, we need you. I need your help, God. Lord, may we just take a moment... And in our hearts, Lord, just cry out to you and let us from our hearts pray for one another in Jesus' name.